every Wednesday from 8 to noon is my sermon writing time. I sit in the same place where I have the least amount of distractions at my kitchen table, and I read the text. So this week I sit down and I read this text. It's a great story. We're going to read it in a second. And then I see the title that I assigned to it, and it says, Say Thanks. And God has such an incredible sense of humor because in that moment, I did not want to say thanks. Elijah had brought me yet again the day before another live scorpion from our house. (laughs) Logan had gone into our crawl space and found lots of mice in the mice traps. And then Charlie said that he heard movement above the kitchen, not by one of our children. And then, even though I have signed up three times for auto pay on Texas tollways, I keep getting those bills with late fees. And you know how like when the surfacey stuff you're not grateful for, and then you spiral down and I start to really get upset. And I think, you know, I'm not, I, I am not grateful that I live so far away from family. I'm not grateful that I was hoping to play tennis into my late life and my knees won't let me. I'm not grateful for the, the fact that, again, why does Eames Independent School District send out these report cards every single Saturday morning and ruin my weekend? And I wish I could tell you that in that moment that the phone rang and and there was this encouraging voice or friend on the other end of the line or in the silence of, of my house, you know, God spoke. I have to tell you nothing except this text. And it made me think about one of my mentors, the preacher and author, Beth Moore. This is what she says about this text. She says, we must accept God's continual presence as absolute fact. Are you the one who always needs a set of prints for reassurance? The most wonderful set of fingerprints God left with his invisible hand is probably within your reach at this very moment. You have God's word. I thought, okay. Praise be to God that... All of us have a written word to come back to and then it's not up to any of us and our state of gratitude or how well we are doing or how not well we are doing in our lives. But we have the person of God in Jesus through this revealed word to come back to and for that I am grateful. So the past couple of weeks we have been looking at what are those steps towards becoming more grateful on this gratitude path. Our first week we looked at awareness Just being aware of really how blessed we are, that the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, and that God is truly at work. And then last week, we talked about how our attitude can help us, an attitude that is one of not wanting more and consuming more and acquiring more, but one that is of surrender and humility. And today is very simple. The last step on this gratitude path is just saying thank you. So as we approach this text, let us first look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and holy God, however we're feeling this morning, whether grateful, frustrated, tired, anxious, 
meet us, Lord. Through the written word that speaks life, that gives life, that gives direction. May each of us, God, may each of us experience you and respond with incredible gratitude for all that you have done. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a story from Luke's gospel, the 17th chapter. Hear now the word of our Lord. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself or threw himself down at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except the foreigner? Jesus said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This a passage might appear like one story, but I want to look, us to look at it today as really two stories. And, and the first story is a classic gospel healing story. Jesus is walking about and he heals somebody. The author makes sure to let us know that he is traveling in the region between Galilee and Samaria on his way to Jerusalem. Well, this, there, the way that Jesus is choosing to go is not the direct route, indicating to us that he's going this way with intention. He's going this way through an area where he would be more likely to run into outsiders because that's what Jesus does. And so as he's traveling along, at this point, it would not have just been him and the 12 apostles. The scripture says that it was a crowd. You see, a huge crowd of people have been following and traveling with Jesus. I mean, imagine you were the parent or the uncle or the grandparent of, of someone who had been healed. You would want to stick by his side and see what else happened, and maybe you were going to be healed as well. You had heard him say these provocative things like, I will leave the 99 just to find the one. And so you, you stayed close by this man, this healer, this teacher, and so a huge crowd is with him on this road, and they approach a village. Now, on the outskirts of the village, there would have been certain people that that's where they hung out. And so we're told that when he walks into the village, he sees this group of 10 men. And these men are, are lepers. Now, you and I know that leprosy, or as it is called now, Hansen's disease, is very curable and treatable. It's a bacterial infection. But in first century Israel, to be a leper meant to be a complete outcast. These men would not have been allowed into the village. So that's why they were hanging out on the outside. 
They had to hang out along the busy roads because that was their only means of receiving aid. They weren't allowed to go towards anybody. In this first century world that was ruled by Jewish law in the book of Leviticus, you weren't allowed to even approach people without leprosy, without shouting, leper, I'm a leper. Talk about people that are completely outcast and lonely. And this is who Jesus chooses to have a relationship with. You see, it's the isolated and the lonely ones that our Jesus seeks out. Being alone and feeling lonely is one of our great modern day human conditions. And Jesus heals these people. I'm not sure if any of us know what it's like to be that isolated intentionally from other people, but I know we know what it's like in our hearts to feel that way. And I pray that this word is for us this morning. Jesus looks at these 10 and he tells them, go and show yourselves to the priest. You see, it was only the priest that was allowed to give a leper the all clear. So if you were a leper, you were removed from society, but if you felt like the leprosy had passed, you would go to the the priest who kind of acted like a, a first century medical professional and would say, you have been healed. And so Jesus tells them, go. And, and this is where I am blown away. They went. If, if it would have been me, I probably would have said, well, Jesus, can't you just do that here? I've heard about how you, you healed that other leper back by the Sea of Galilee. Can't you just heal me right here? And plus, if I head back towards the town and the priest, they're all going to ridicule me because I've tried to go before And people made fun of me and they made me feel like even more of an outcast. And once, what happens if I get there that the priest doesn't believe me? But no, the scripture is really clear. He tells them to go and they go. And I do not want to underestimate how amazing of a faith these all 10 had. They just simply went. I think we quickly jump to like the one that came back and said, thank you. But those 10 were desperate for healing and they went. And this is kind of the end of the first story is that they're headed back and they're all healed. And I also want to note that, you know, only one came back and said, thanks. And it's not like Jesus said, where are the other nine? Oh, I'm going to make them leprous again. Oh, they weren't thankful enough. So miracle over. This turn of events, this one man the Samaritan, the true outsider. Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. He's the one that as he is made clean, he is overwhelmed with this gratitude. He has to, something within him is compelled so deeply. He has to go back and tell master, teacher, thank you. And the scripture tells us he begins to shout with a loud voice where all the times before he had shouted, I'm a leper, I'm a leper having to shout his shame. Now he he gets to shout praises to God for the healing that is done for him. And then he falls at Jesus' feet. And then Jesus does this, this weird, unique thing. He says, rise up, son. Your faith has made you well. The made you well is not the same word as when he healed all ten. When all 10 were healed at the beginning of this story, it's, it's the Greek word for a physical healing. 
But this word, this is a unique word that, that Luke uses and, and elsewhere, it means to be made whole. To be fully the human that you have created, been created to be. It's not about physical healing. It is about spiritual peace and contentment and well-being. He thanks Jesus that he no longer has sores. He thanks Jesus that he can feel his skin again. He thanks Jesus he can return to his family. He thanks Jesus that he is no longer going to be forbidden from being in community with others. And Jesus says, your faith has made you well. I love it when scripture gives us a secret tool for life. In saying thanks, we are practicing our faith. And simply finding, finding ways to say thank you to God, you are being faithful. And when we do this, we become more fully who God has created us to be. We become more filled with who God is and less of who we are. And I don't know about you, but when I am filled with more of who God is and less of me, it is easier to be more grateful. As I know is true for many of you, cancer has reared its ugly head up in your life and in the lives of those that you love. And in 2014, two of my mentors and father figures both got diagnosed with terminal cancer. One of them was Steve Hayner. He was the president of the seminary in Atlanta where I lived. And he wrote this blog, and I found this entry I thought would be very fitting for us today. He says, it's been almost eight months since I was diagnosed with terminal pancreatic cancer. But apart from the days when I'm recovering from the chemo treatments, I am still doing pretty well. Living with a life-threatening terminal disease has a way of providing a different perspective. At least it can. Eternity is a little closer, a little more tangible but I still feel confused from day to day about my situation. Am I really dying? How much longer can I expect to live? How do I stay encouraged when the evidence about my condition is mixed? What will the next stage of my disease be like? How do I live with consistency from day to day when my circumstances continue to vary? He writes, what seems to be important now, as it has been throughout my illness, is that I keep my eyes on those things that remind me of eternity. There are loving relationships, for example, that call me back. And there is the centrality of joy, gratitude, and service to be considered every day. All of these qualities keep my heart facing eternity rather than wallowing in inward confusion. It is the eternal focus that keeps me steady. Love embraces me. Joy uplifts me. Gratitude settles me. And I remember y'all hearing Lane Alderman, who was the other person in my life who had been diagnosed that year with a terminal illness. I remember in 2014 that he preached on this text. And I was like, oh, what did he say? I'm just gonna like copy what he said. And I went back and looked and I got to see the video and it was, 
it was haunting because Lane, if you knew Lane in his heyday, I mean, he, he was 6'5", broad shoulders. He was, a, he was a large presence. And I couldn't believe that video because he was in the midst of chemo and he had no hair and he was so thin and his robe looked all awkward on him. And this is what he said. Do I want to be healed like those lepers? You better believe it. I pray for that all the time. I am grateful that I am doing well today. I am thankful for my doctors and the medical team and the insurance that that provides for me. You better believe I want that. But I am also keenly aware that healing of the physical type at its best is temporary. One day, we're not going to be. I am thankful from the bottom of, of my heart for the fact I have been made well. At the end of the day, I know peace and I know a very real and sure and solid contentment and it is because I have been made whole. Lane had this courage and Steve had this courage to find gratitude, to be able to say thanks in the midst of circumstances that were really awful. The next time I find myself having a hard time saying thanks, I'm going to look past the things that are on the surface, the bugs, the relationship situations. Because see, on the gratitude path, we are aware that all of this is God's. And we serve a good God. And we are going to have an attitude that says, I surrender to you. And we are going to find it within ourselves and as a community, no matter what is going on in our lives in the midst of it, to say thank you for all of us have been made well. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the way you allow us to experience wholeness and peace fullness of life in the present. God, help us to look at the eternal things that are going on in our lives and to see that those are gifts from you. And we offer you thanks. Amen.